Good morning. Uh, today at our second service, we're going to have four confirmands uh, being confirmed. So at our uh, adult Bible study this morning, we're actually going to have their, their public examination. So if you're available to come down, it would be great to have you there. And then afterward, we're going to have a brief reception uh, where you will be able to meet and uh, congratulate our, our confirmands. The Old Testament reading for this, the day of Pentecost, is from the 11th chapter of Numbers. Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the Spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord, Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading is from the second chapter of Acts. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 
even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the seventh chapter. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you, from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Imagine there's a three-year-old riding a tricycle. She's new to the tricycle, so it's a bit wobbly. She takes it onto her concrete driveway and manages to pull it to the very top. She gets on, and before she knows it, the tricycle starts to roll down the driveway. She tries to stop it by dragging her feet, but it doesn't work. Halfway down the driveway, she makes a sharp turn, and it flips over. She's not hurt too badly, but her knees and hands, they're all scraped up. They burn and start to bleed. So the little girl cries out for help. The question is this. To whom should that little girl cry out for help? The little girl is home where she lives with her mom and dad. So should the toddler cry out for help from her preschool teacher who lives 30 minutes away? Or does that little girl cry out to the President of the United States for help? The President lives in Washington. Not much he can do on a driveway. So maybe that little girl calls out for help from her local librarian. She sees the librarian every week. Who should she call out for help from? Who do we call out for help from? Today's Pentecost. Today we remember the giving of the Holy Spirit. We Christians have inside of us the Holy Spirit. We are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. Scripture is also called the Spirit, the Comforter. And for a good reason. When we have accidents in this life, it's usually more than a fall from a tricycle. When we have accidents in this life, it usually involves more than just a skinned knee. When we fall off the tricycle of faith, when we give in to sin, when we're sorry for what we've done, to whom do we call out for help? When we're wrestling with a temptation, and I truly do hope we wrestle with temptation, it should be hard. 
To whom do we call out for help when that happens? Or when there's a fight at work or when someone has wronged you and boy, they just get under your skin in a really bad way. Do you just automatically lash out, hurt them back, hurt them worse than they hurt you? Or do you call out for some help with this? Who can help? And when someone is dying, when we see it, do we call out for help? Is it only a nurse, doctor, or surgeon we call for help from? Is there anyone else we can ask for help? I'm not sure if we always call out for help like we should. I'm not sure if we always know who to call out to. A little three-year-old girl who falls off her tricycle doesn't just sit there unless she hit her head and is knocked out when she falls and when she scrapes that knee, when it burns, when there's blood. You know who she's going to call out to. Mommy or Daddy, help. She won't call out for her teacher. It's Mommy or Daddy. She won't call out for the president, mommy or daddy. And she certainly isn't going to call out for help from her local librarian. It's going to be mommy or daddy. So if a child automatically knows to call out to her mom to soothe her wounds, why on earth don't we call out to Jesus Like we could. If a three-year-old girl knows in her heart to call upon her daddy to come and pick her up and carry her home, then why do we not automatically call out to our Heavenly Father for help when we could? Today's Pentecost Sunday. Today we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. The Holy Spirit is the one who places in your hearts and souls the desire to call out to the right one for help when you need it. Today in Peter's sermon on Pentecost, he said this, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Just as a child instinctively knows to call for mom or dad for help, the Holy Spirit inside of us has instinctively remade you so that you can call out to Christ for help. It should almost be a gut reaction for us to cry out to Jesus for help and to do that any time and every time. After all, wasn't it Jesus who suffered every temptation in the book but did it without sinning? So when we are tempted, we can also cry out to Christ to help us in those moments of weakness because he understands what we're going through because he went through it too. 
Before his crucifixion, when soldiers were literally spitting in his face, Jesus did not fight back. Even as Jesus was dying, he actually forgave the ones who were actually crucifying him. When he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. I know you'll get in fights in this life. I know some people will make your blood boil sometimes. They may even be your own family members. So when that happens, how are you going to respond? It's easy to hit back. It's natural for our old Adam to fight back. But you have the Holy Spirit. You're a new person now. And now you can take the harder road. You can forgive them. Just like Christ has forgiven you. And when we see death, who do we call upon when we're dying? Yes, reach out to your doctors and your medical providers by all means. But what happens when even their skills have been exhausted? What happens when you fall down and you know you won't get back up again? Who will you call upon in that day for help? There is one, Jesus the Christ, who conquered our death. And he can give you a hope beyond all hopes. My friends in Christ, in many ways we are like that little three-year-old girl on a tricycle. You've pushed up a hard concrete driveway and you're rolling down fast. And your tricycle will spill over many, many times in your life. In this fallen world, you'll get scraped up many times. You'll get bloodied many times. Your hearts will be bruised many, many times. Our sinful nature is a constant enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion wanting to devour whoever falls over. And the sinful world will love to kick you down and scrape you up any chance it gets. So on those days, tell me, who will you call upon to help you? There is one name under heaven given to you. For salvation, for forgiveness, for eternal life. Jesus, the Christ, our Lord. And Christ himself has planted his Holy Spirit inside each of you. It's inside of you like a little seed. And it will grow all the days of your lives as you nurture it with God's word. Water it with the remembrance of your baptism. And I pray you always feed that little seed with Christ's body and blood in the supper. The Holy Spirit is the comforter for all of us. And one of the greatest things the Spirit does is to instill within us a desire to call upon the name of our Lord for our salvation To reach out and beg for mercy from Christ. Because he will give it to you through his crucifixion. 
And the Holy Spirit will instill within us an almost instinctive gut reaction to call upon Christ for help in times of temptation. To call upon the name of Christ when this world fights against us. And the Holy Spirit will especially have you call upon the name of Christ when death rears its very ugly head in our faces. May the Spirit always inspire you to call upon Christ. Because it's just like Peter said today in his sermon on Pentecost. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.